0: to that day. Now, Aberystwyth, in the end of summer, is very, very quiet. Had we gone two weeks before that, we would have been lost amongst all the holidaymakers that were there. Had we waited another two weeks, we would have been just two of many, many other new students that were joining. And instead, however, quietly, we tried to sneak in through the back we were leapt upon by two very enthusiastic student pastors. Now, I thought student pastor was something you ate. It turned out it was a job. And these two people and um, were completely surprised and perplexed as to how two new students would appear at the end of the summer. And so they talked to us and they talked complete nonsense to us in the hope that we would not be too scared off but would come back and that they'd welcomed us but they hadn't completely interrogated us at the same time they were great actually i should say now the church thing the whole church thing was not what i was expecting on every pillar they had a tv and what followed was kind of like a christian karaoke as we sang these words on the screens and the songs were a bit kind of upbeat and happy but they weren't too cheesy they were actually quite good i found myself kind of picking them up and quite enjoying that and then we came to the talking bit where the guy at the front talked, um, which I found out later. is called The Sermon. And this bloke that came up to talk, he was very ordinary. He was talking about normal things in his life and how that related to his faith. He just bought a new car, and I can remember it really well. He was obviously quite a detailed chap, um, and he was going into the detail of his new Volkswagen Golf and how it worked and how that related to Christianity. And it was all really, really interesting. And then at the end of the service... As we left, Anna said to me, "'Should we try a different one next week?' I said, "'No, not a chance. "'We're going back there. "'I want to see those nutters again.'" And it it turned out, a few months later, I realised they weren't all mad, um, but actually they were genuine. They, They were real. They were kind. They were loving. They were forgiving. They were generous. They were welcoming. For Anna, it was a time of returning to God, And for me, it was the beginning of a brand new adventure. On Wednesday, we entered into the season of Lent. Lent began as a time of preparation to celebrate Easter. It was a time of teaching people who were new to the faith, who were preparing to confess their faith at baptism at Easter. And also developed to become a time of return for people who had broken fellowship with the church. Now, Whilst it's now been embraced as by the kind of secular calendar as a, as a second chance for failed New Year's resolutions, I think actually it can be a time of great spiritual focus. For each of us, it gives us the opportunity to consider where are we in our journey of discipleship with Jesus. So maybe for Lent you've given something up, or maybe you've taken something new on Whether you've embraced Lent or not even considered it, I hope that today and in the weeks to come, we will hear God's invitation to draw closer in our relationship to return. Now, those of you here last Sunday afternoon, you know that I chose quite a strange reading and it wasn't just to try and trick the bishop and to catch her out. It wasn't a test. Um, It was a reading that I I felt was important, and it speaks into where I think many churches find themselves at the moment, and maybe it may have resonated with you as well. it was all about a battle, if you remember, and Gideon found himself and his army reduced from 32,000 to just 300. Recovering from the pandemic has felt for many churches a bit like a battle, and one that we're facing with ever-decreasing numbers. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. for My power is made perfect in weakness. And at the cross, we see that God's victory is accomplished in the most unlikely way. Jesus' death gives us life. So Gideon and his men, they go into battle with a jar in one hand and a trumpet in the other. And the light that's contained within the jars only shines when the jars are broken, because it's in weakness that God's light shines. And a trumpet, of course, is, is not a conventional weapon. It's an instrument of praise. As in praise and in thanksgiving, is a sign to show to us that it's in God that we have the victory. So as the jars are broken and the trumpet sounds, the enemy camp is thrown into confusion. God's light shines. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's in him that we have the victory. The temptation of Jesus is a key moment in the coming of God's kingdom. It's a battle. It's a battle for the kingdom. And as Jesus confronts the devil and his kingdom that's built on evil, we see that Jesus has set his mind on fulfilling the will of God. From the announcement of jesus's birth in luke's gospel we see that it's all about the kingdom of god coming in the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of jesus and the kingdom of god we see in luke's gospel is not like an earthly kingdom but it comes within the reality of our earthly existence it's not just a spiritual kingdom for we pray Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom comes on earth as Jesus shows us the different values of the kingdom of God in resisting free temptations. And so the first temptation can be summarized as provide for yourself. We read, he ate nothing at all during those days. And when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, one does not live by bread alone. So Jesus is famished. He's eaten nothing for 40 days. And the devil invites him to turn a stone into a loaf of bread. But Jesus knows that meeting physical needs is not enough. How often do we fail for the lie that looking after number one or we believe that if you don't look after yourself that no one else will That we have to be self-sufficient life in the kingdom is a life of obedience and faith trust where we know that God is our provider now as humans we are wired for basic needs things like food and shelter, and clothing. And we also know that we need to do more than just exist. And so we have some other needs. We're made to work and to rest, to find enjoyment and have relationships. And we also have some deeper longings, longings for peace and protection, for freedom and knowledge, for identity and purpose and belonging. We've got so many needs. And as Christians, we know also to look after the needs of others and to consider them also so how do we deal with all our needs and needs of others that demand our attention well simply we're to seek after the greatest need in our life to seek after god our provider jesus taught do not worry then saying what will we eat or what will we drink Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. And the second temptation can be summarized as promote yourself. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, If you... To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So the devil offers Jesus glory and authority over all the kingdoms of the world. We live in a culture where people want it all, and they want it now. Many people are tempted by instant gratification and quick fixes. The fastest route to the top is promoted and glorified, be it reality TV stars or social media influences. Self-promotion is seen to be the norm. And people will create false and alternative versions of themselves in order to get to where they want to be. And in order to cling on to positions of power, we will find even those in the most important positions in society will lie to stay there. When we promote and enlarge ourselves, we forget about the needs of others. But Jesus resists the shortcut that's offered by the devil. He doesn't want earthly power, as he comes to enable people to worship and to serve God. And so Jesus taught an important principle of the kingdom, stating, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In Philippians 2 we read, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The third temptation can be summarized as prove yourself. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So the devil invites Jesus to prove his position and his status as the Son of God. And we can be tempted sometimes to prove our caliber as a Christian, by doing more and more rather than resting in God's grace. Resting in our status as loved and adopted children of our Heavenly Father. We're no longer slaves to fear. We are children of God. Now, Jesus has to trust God to reveal his true identity at the right time. And the moment he will do that, is at the cross. And even at the cross, Jesus is tempted again to use his power to save himself. As the mocking cry is made to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. But Jesus, once again, doesn't give in to temptation. See, we see in Jesus, he's the new Adam. These three temptations in the wilderness parallel what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. Jesus resists temptation, and he reverses the fall from Genesis chapter 3. Provide for yourself is the temptation that Adam and Eve give into when they eat for the tree. Promote yourself is the temptation that Adam and Eve give into as they desire to become like God. Prove yourself is a temptation to show others what you've done as Eve turns to Adam and offers him the fruit. The serpent's tactic in the garden is to cause Adam and Eve to mistrust God's word. And as Jesus reverses the fall, he answers the tempter with scripture. Now the devil tries to, to in the third temptation, by misusing and twisting scripture. But Jesus correctly interprets Scripture with Scripture. Now, in Luke chapter 3, verse 38, which is the verse that's immediately before our passage, Luke concludes a long genealogy, a long list of names. And that list of names begins with Jesus, and it concludes with Adam, son of God. And then our passage begins. As Jesus... Resist the temptations that Adam fell into. We see that the fall is being undone and God's rule reestablished. Through Jesus, the restoration of intimate relationships with God is possible. Once again, we're able to walk with God in the garden. And then our passage concludes like this When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him. Until an opportune time. Now, opportune time comes in Luke chapter 22, verse 3, when Satan entered into Judas. And what looks like Jesus' defeat in his betrayal and in his death, we see is actually the greatest victory. Because on the cross, Satan is decisively beaten. And so now, like a dying serpent, he lashes out to kill and to steal and to destroy. But in Jesus, we have the victory. In Jesus, we have the fullness of life. And Jesus' first healing in Luke's gospel is an exorcism which serves to confirm his power over the devil. Then later, in Luke 10, Jesus says, I watch Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. Now, Luke 10 describes Jesus sending out the disciples to proclaim the kingdom with signs and wonders. And Jesus used this phrase, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning when they returned with joy following the success of their missionary journey. Now, I don't believe Jesus there is talking about when Satan was first cast out of heaven those of you who are into grammar and all the rest of it, he's speaking there in the imperfect tense. So what that means is he's saying, I was watching. I was watching Satan fall. And heaven here probably refers to the height. So Jesus was watching Satan being defeated as the disciples proclaimed the kingdom. We now live in the decisive victory of the kingdom. And so the activity of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives empowers us to communicate the kingdom, to communicate the victory. So I wonder today, where do you need to experience the kingdom of God breaking into your life? As we begin this this journey in Lent, for you is this a time where maybe you need to return to God? Or maybe even set out on a journey with Jesus for the very first time? Where do you need to receive God's blessing, God's rule and purpose and power through the Holy Spirit? I'm going to take a moment just to be still and to be quiet. God's Spirit to come. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we have the victory in you. Jesus, we thank you that you have died for us to take our sin away, that our relationship would be restored and healed. And we thank you that you empower us with your spirit to proclaim the kingdom. And that when every time we do, Satan falls. As so we invite you now, come Holy Spirit. Come and fill us afresh. Speak to us, Lord. For your servants are listening. just a sense that for some people today does feel like a time of return. I'm just going to pray. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you now. Lord, we thank you that however far we may have wandered, that as we return, you come running with arms outstretched, that even when we were still far off, you came to meet us and to bring us home. Let's, so Lord, I pray this day for all who may have felt distant in their relationship with you. Lord, that they'd know once again the closeness of your presence, the nearness of your spirit. So come, Holy Spirit. As we continue to listen to God, some might want to sit and to be still. Others might want to pray. Others might want to stand and to sing. And we're going to give a time of response to enable you to do that. And if you sense God speaking, sometimes when we, when God speaks to our hearts, we get a sense that it might not just be for us, but it might be to share with others. And if you sense God speaking today, uh, come forward and. Just let either myself or Sue know and we can share that. Uh, It might be that God wants to encourage someone else here through a word that he wants to give to you.